Welcome to What's So Funny, a comedy podcast where we talk about some of the most influential and controversial comedians from the 1950s, 60s, and 70s. Sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh. Here's your host, Dave Swanson. Hi, welcome back to What's So Funny. I'm Dave Schwenson, and today I'm joined by two of my good friends, Tom McGallis. Hello, Tom. Hey, Dave. It's, it's great, <laughs> to hear, great to hang out with you again. Well, let's hang out with Logan Rashaw also. Yeah. Logan's hey, here. Hey, Dave and Tom. Yeah. Oh, How are you both man. doing today? Well, better now that you're here, Logan. Wow, I almost said Larry Curly and Moe, but I won't do that with us. I'll do We could do it. <laughs> Hey, what's going on? Logan, what's happening with you? Not much. I spent the entire day just trying to plan some sort of vacation. And oh, I settled staycation on, or vacation? I wanted to do vacation. I settled on Cabin in the Woods. So Perfect. Next month, Hocking Hills. I'm just renting out a place for four days, me, my girlfriend, our dog, and okay. avoiding society as much as possible. Sounds like Stephen wow. King can have a new plot coming up. Yeah. yeah. That's where those bear. I think those bear attacks were there. Am I wrong? No, no, no. I'm, I don't. I don't think it was a bear attack. <laughs> as soon as I booked the cabin, I got an email from the couple that like rents it out, and they said, "Just so you know, there's absolutely no cell service. So when you get here, call us on the landline. Sometimes it works." I was like, "Okay, landline. Well, wow. I will die, but I will be at peace. You can do oh, it. That's good, Tom. <laughs> what's up with you, man? Oh man, it's you know, it's uh, I always making art, always doing that, and yeah. uh, and that doesn't change. It's uh, I have no uh, air conditioning in my studio, but who cares? You just wow. gotta, you got to rough it out, man. By the end of summer, you're going to be some skinny guy. Yeah, I'm going to be like just well, no, not really, because you know I go home and I just eat too much, so it, oh. it sort of balances out, counterbalances. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm not doing that, Dave. You're the walker, right? You tell us about your walking. You walk 100 miles a day, right? Yeah, you know, I try to get outside and I try to walk. Yes, I'll admit it, I do. You know, as long as we have nice weather, I'm outside walking. That's when awesome. it's cold, I'm I'm like you. I'm sitting on a couch eating stuff and uh, <laughs> seeing what's on, seeing what's funny, what I can laugh about. And today, I'll tell you what we're going to laugh about. Jonathan Winters. Wow, man. What yes. a comic. It's exciting because, you know, I think I told you guys, this he's my favorite guy. I, yeah, I you love were saying Jonathan. that. Yeah. I just love him. He, and, you know, we'll get into it, but he's he's an artist and he's kind of this surreal, free-form improv guy. And, it, you know, he speaks to me. <laughs> but, you know, Jonathan Winters, now let's go back. Let's go back in time. He was born in Dayton, Ohio, first of all. Ohio boy, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, hotbed of comedy, right? Yeah, man, for sure. <laughs> I, you know, it sounds like people are like, oh, they make they joke about it, but come on, man. Ohio is a hotbed of comedy. There's, You're right. There's a you lot know, of good gotta, Midwest comics. Yes. When I worked in Hollywood booking talent for the TV show at Evening at the Improv, I remember getting a lot of comedians from the Dayton, Cincinnati area. And I said, these guys are funny down there. Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I say and, down there because we're up north, right? Yeah, we're up north. But, <laughs> right. But, you know, I uh, you hear now, in, in current times, you hear Chappelle just always going on about, you know, Dayton, Dayton oh, yeah. Southern mm-hmm. Ohio. And yeah, I'm he's like, doing yeah. uh, like exclusive shows there now. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, where he lives. It's, They're it's just all awesome. invite only. Jonathan Winters wanted to be an artist. Yeah, yeah. I mean, went to Dayton Art School, the Institute of Art, yeah. He was going to do uh, cartoons, I think, was what he was interested in, or whatever it might have been, but it didn't quite work out for him. Well, not until later, you know, but early on, you're right. I mean, he's a Dayton artist. I think that's where he met his wife. Early on, he was doing the radio stuff down there, right? So that was that was kind of how it began. You know, let's really talk about his beginnings. The story goes, he was married by this time. Uh, he, he lost his wristwatch or his wristwatch broke. 
Do you guys know this story? Yeah, and his wife said, hey, you know, you need a new wristwatch. Enter this competition. Yeah, the prize was a wristwatch. It, yeah. <laughs> Just a regular old talent show. And she said, you're kind of funny. Go do it. It's kind of cool because she knew, right, guys, that she, he would kind of win it. It's like, you're funny. Go win that watch. <laughs> Everything I've seen, it's like his wife really believed in him before he was even taking off on this career. She pushed him to the talent show. And then when he eventually went to New York, she just trusted him to go and make it in a year, pretty much. Didn't he say, I'm just going to go for a year, see what happens, two years, something like that? By and himself. it was like 56 bucks, $56.40 or something. That's like, wow. there you go. Mm-hmm. Go to New York. You got a year, pal. <laughs> yep. While she worked back supporting their one child. And you're right, Logan. I mean, the support is, is I think that's key here. And later on in his life, he talks about his wife. He jokes about her, saying, you know, it's kind of a prisoner situation. But but then it was really loving that she was everything to him in oh, terms yeah. of support yeah. and love. And they were married like 60 years. Yeah. Yeah. They were together a long time. And that was the support he needed. And they eventually, they wound up having two kids, I think, a son and a daughter. But yeah, he hit it big in New York right away because he was so unique. Jonathan Winter's Improvisation. Let's, let's call him the king of improv, if you want to. I mean, I know it, it seems to me at that time, we're talking about, what, early, mid-50s, late-50s. I think improv was really kind of a fad, kind of really the, the trendy kind of thing. I mean, you had Nichols and May. Very improvisational. You're right, yeah. They were on Broadway, I think, in 19— We did a show about them last season. They were on Broadway, I think, in 1960 with their show. But Winters was different, because a lot of these, like— these improv groups would do sketches that they built over time. And it seems like anything I've seen with Jonathan Winters, he could create a fully formed character in an instant and then just go for minutes and minutes as that character. Yeah, no no net, man, just go. You know, fearless, that's kind of an awesome thing. And you, know, I think Second City started in 59. So he, he really, I think he, he would have loved to have been in Second City, but he was already started by then. You know, here's the thing, too, and you talk about Second City, or we're talking about Nichols and May and some of the uh, improvisers at that time. Jonathan Winters worked alone. The other ones had to work off each other. Interesting, Doing yeah. characters, doing skits, you know, things, scenes, that sort of thing. He's like that guy that you see, the, the one-man band with a snare drum on his head and a bass drum and cymbals on his knees. <laughs> he was a, it was a one, yeah, one-man sketch show, you know. And, but, you know, what's cool is, in a way that, you know, he was creating these characters, that's kind of where the comedy came from. I mean, if you look at joke structure or how it's built, I mean, the comedy that came out of the characters, their situation, their dialogue. And there's also a little bit of like uh, tenseness to not knowing if he's going to hit the mark and actually land a joke. You're kind of waiting to see, is he going to mess this up? Where is he going to go with this? And then when he nails it, it feels so good. It's so funny. You know, the, the, one of the things that just amazes me, got me loving this guy so much, was the Jack Parr stick routine. Oh, um, yeah. Which yeah. is just, you look at it and go... Oh, this dude's an artist, man. I mean, he is just improvising, making up all these situations with the stick as a fishing pole, as a periscope, as a oar. I mean, <laughs> and as a flute. And each one has its own character. And it's almost like performance art when he's doing this kind of this stuff. It's amazing. Too, but- it's amazing. If anybody wants to see a Jonathan, in my opinion, like his real definitive piece of like improv, it's that stick piece, man. It's just, it's art. Now, Tom, have you ever seen Robin Williams do that stick piece? No, no. He was like a mentor to Robin Williams. 
Kelly actually shared it on Facebook. So our other host, Kelly Thulis, there's like outtakes of Robin Williams with Elmo on Sesame Street holding a stick and kind of showing Elmo like, here's all the different things you can do. And basically the same routine, but it's just the same routine. playfully. And it's beautiful. It's really fun. When he did it on Jack Parr, you look at it and go, man, it looks like he's just he's just joyfully winging this and creating right there. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, Jack Parr and Johnny Carson, the later host of The Tonight Show, they worshipped Jonathan Winters. I mean, they let him come on. You know, he let's. I mean, let's get back. I mean, the, Jonathan Winters had some mental problems. Actually, he was you know d- depressed or whatever. You know, I can't manic think of the depressive. Term. Yeah, manic depressive. There we go. And he did commit himself into an institution for a while. I mean, like maybe eight months was it? Something. It was eight early, months. This, yeah, I think the second time it went twice. The second time was I think in sixty one, sixty two. Eight months. But he had a breakdown on stage. Yeah, and a lot of people uh, don't know. I mean, Jonathan Winters was, you know, doing stand-up. They called it stand-up comedy, even though he was improvising. And he was doing club dates. And it really just got to him, you know, with Bannock Depressive, plus doing these club dates, the pressure and everything else. Being away and, from uh, home, all that. Yeah, he was yeah. away from home. He missed his wife. He missed Maybe his Maybe drinking. Maybe drinking. Maybe, yeah. There was a lot of that going. Matter of fact, he and Johnny Carson <laughs> had some drinking stories together. Yeah, Every yeah. time he's okay. on the show, I think they just do drinking yeah. stories. But, <laughs> oh, hell. Yeah. What a, but, what a great time it was to be a comic back in the... 60s and 70s. <laughs> well, I don't know, because I'm going to say he had a breakdown on stage. I don't know how great that was. I don't but know, yeah. he went up, and all he did was one night just talk about his family, how much he missed him. He couldn't take this. He couldn't do it anymore. This and was he in walked the bit. Off stage. This is in the routine. He's talking about this. Not even a routine. He didn't even do comedy. He just went up and talked about it. He missed this his is, family, uh, one of the and they let him off stage, it. and he, he didn't land himself. That's like, that's like a Lenny Bruce moment, man, you know? I mean, going up and just spilling your guts, and people are in the audience going, is this going to get funny? Is this going to get... No, I guess it isn't. No. And then um, you know what? After that, he never did a nightclub again. Which kind of blew me away, because that means all of his recordings are him just in a studio with an audience, but not like actually at a nightclub or yeah. an arena. He yeah, he, all his it. stuff was uh, television after that, and movies. But, you know, the Jack Parr show and with Johnny Carson. He had his own TV show for a while there in the 60s. In the 50s, I think he had a, I think I read somewhere he had a 15-minute television show. That's what it was like in the 50s. The Jonathan Winters <laughs> show every week for 15 minutes. Think about it, though, is his, his bits and his routine and his persona. He was never filthy, so he was able to work on TV. It was weird, but he was able to work on TV, mm-hmm. and he never resorted to that. And he even said, I'm proud of that. I never had to really, I may have gotten obscene a little bit, but never filthy. After his second you know, mental, going to the funny farm, as he called it. Yeah, he always said, I went to the farm. Yeah, I went, went to, to the farm. farm. <laughs> and you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you know, funny, yeah, the funny farm, man. <laughs> well, what's cool is that uh, right after that, almost immediately after he gets out, he gets a call for Mad, 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 Mad World. Yeah. And yeah. imagine that. He, he thought, I can't do it. But then then what happened was his wife, as, as you know, as she's always done, said, you're going to take it you'll never work again. You're going to take it. Because he didn't think he could. He lost his confidence. He's like, I, ju- I was just in the farm for eight months. I can't even think. And it's like, you, you got to do this. She said, if you don't do this, you don't have a career. And I got to tell you something. That scene he does in a mad, 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 mad world. Oh, the is garage. The, I am, it's, <laughs> so I'm, funny. Every time I, I've seen that a thousand times and I've laughed a thousand times. It's just insane. That entire movie is so insane. Good, I think that's probably the first thing I've ever seen Jonathan Winters in was that movie. Oh my gosh! He tears that garage apart with those two guys chasing him. Around. I mean, I'm laughing right now. I got to watch it. We finished the show. I'm going to go find it and watch it it's again. It's so good. And it was one take. Did you yeah, know that? Yeah, they had to do. Yeah, one yeah. take. Like, 
They destroyed the place. They didn't, <laughs> the whole place <laughs> fell. Yeah. <laughs> they couldn't build it back so up. So awesome, man. He had a long career. Mm-hmm. His so, later career yeah. is a lot of like voice work, too. He was Papa Smurf. Papa Smurf, yeah. Did a bunch of other things. Not exactly a show I ever followed, but I read about that. <laughs> he didn't do a lot of movies, you know, but not like he did Mad, 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 Mad World, and then he didn't do any movies. Did He did a, a Twilight Zone episode. He did like three movies, though. He did a couple very famous movies. The Russians are coming, the Russians are coming, and there's something else he did that was pretty well known. But yeah, you're right, you're right. It was ma- He was mainly television. And the thing is, he could never hook up with a hit TV show of his own. You know, he was the favorite guest... On the on Tonight Mork. Show. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Mork he was just Mindy. so used to working by himself and being That's all it. the characters. Because like, even when he's on Carson and they're telling stories, he's telling stories and letting Carson laugh occasionally. But he's <laughs> doing all the parts. He's playing Carson and himself. Carson, I, in, I don't know, I, is, a, is a straight guy and is a setup guy and a kind of a respondent. He was oh, yeah. one of the best, man. He was oh, so yeah. good. It going, oh, really? Yeah. Is, that, is that what you did? So what happened? Then you went, and it was just boom, boom, boom. He just knew how to set him up and, and just be a straight guy. It was just tremendous. So maybe that's it, right? He just Maybe that's it, Logan. Like you said, he, did, he worked alone, so doing movies would have been a tough thing, remembering scripts, being in character, you know, being someone so else's character. So different from what he normally did, I think. Yeah. I mean, that's just me speculating, so... History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon. Well, I know we were going to listen to a couple of his albums, too, before we came out. What was the one he did, Cranky Calls? Cranky Calls. Yeah, Cranky Calls, and they re-released it as Cranky Calls. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was, was his that? only Grammy win, too. It was. That's okay. weird that that was his Grammy win, right? Because that was, uh, he, he just was calling J.B. Smith his buddy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess Funny, so. weird voicemails. Isn't that weird that that would, all of his, like, material stuff didn't, you know, win a Grammy, and then the, the crank calls do. Well, <laughs> what's crazy is he beat out Martin Lawrence and Jeff Foxworthy. And, like, this is, like, peak Martin Lawrence that year. It's uh, 1996, so right after Bad Boys. Isn't that weird? I, I can't believe he won it, but it's a funny album. It shows his personality, I think, better than any other album. Oh, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Do, do you feel that, that, like, listening to him just leaving messages to the guy? It's interesting, because they're, they're funny and they're weird. I got to tell you, I thought it was very, I thought it was weird. I thought it was weird, honestly. Yeah, I think it's a weird album. It shows him, like, his personality and how he is with his friends, but I don't think it's better than his actual no. 
comedy albums. Don't you think some of sometimes when I, when I was listening to that, I, at times I would go and I've heard it before, and then I listened to it again recently, and I thought he he seems a little uh, pissed off here. <laughs> you know, at times he was just. He does the Dr. Death, and that's supposed to be Dr. Kravorkian. Remember him? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's the one that was, you know, killing everybody. <laughs> Dr. Well, Death is sick. You pay him. You pay, pay him, him he'll kill you. He, yeah, he'll take you out. <laughs> he pretended to be Ross Perot, who was, when was he running for president? Back in the 70s, 80s? No. Yeah, that would have been, right? no, 90s. Was he 90s? 90s? Ross against, like, 90s? Uh, Bush and Clinton, right? Yeah. yeah. 93, okay, there you go. 92, whatever that was. Yeah. yeah, he was the businessman with no political background at all or whatever, I think. And, and, and the big uh, ears. Yeah, mm-hmm. the big ears. And he the was big doing... sucking sound, that's what he said. <laughs> you remember so, that? Yeah, Jonathan Winters was imitating him. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I loved his earlier stuff. I mean, his his earlier albums. I mean, I thought Jonathan Winters is a legend. There's no way you can knock him at all. This album, to me, no. I was kind of surprised it, it beat... You know Jeff Foxworthy, Martin Lawrence for the for the award and everything because it didn't really do anything for me. Yeah, <laughs> how's that for? Oh my gosh, everyone's gonna hate me now. Dave, you're knocking Jonathan Winters. No, wow. I love Jonathan Winters. I didn't I didn't like the album that much. Listening to the album, it reminded me of uh, like right after Robin Williams passed away, Billy Crystal talked about how he would call him all the time. Robin would call Billy and leave like funny voicemails and like pretend to be Ronald Reagan calling him and things like that. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, did he get that from Jonathan Winters? Probably. You know something? Yeah. Here's, another, here's another inside scoop. Again, I know I talk about myself too much working in Hollywood, but I used to deal with all the comedians out there booking for the improv comedy clubs. And if you know Bud Friedman, he has a very distinctive voice. Bud was my boss. I was, he was, I was his assistant and in booking the shows. Every comic in Hollywood could imitate Bud Friedman. So it's just like they can all imitate, uh, you know, uh, Robin Williams, right? Yeah, they would all call me. Lauren Michaels. Yeah, like Lauren Michaels. Yes, yes. They would call him and say, you know, they would imitate it, and I'd be falling for it. Next thing you know, I'm an idiot. And they're all laughing (laughs) and stuff, but every single time. And, of course, my story ends with Bud called me one time. It was really him, and he said, you know, Dave, this is Bud. I'm like, yeah, right. Who is this really? Yeah, (laughs) right. I was like, all right. What crazy comic is this? This isn't Bud. (laughs) <laughs> it would have been great if it was Jonathan, huh? Yeah, that would have been really something. You know, yeah. I never have an opportunity to meet him or anything. But uh, well, you know, Ken, it would have he been the big one. It would have been hard to meet him though at that point because, as you guys mentioned, Logan mentioned, I think that he stopped performing. In yeah, he stopped performing Done. in the early '60s, but he was still around. You know, he's I still told... putting out albums, but yeah, he wasn't in clubs. No clubs, no no arenas, even right. No, he just was strictly television. And that's something because he could have sold arenas out. You know? Yeah, but you know, for you know, sometimes you got to feel is the price worth it. You know, I mean, he didn't care for it. He didn't like being on the road away from his family, and it was a lot of pressure, I think, for him. And he was happy with what he was doing. He was being creative. I mean, Mike, come on, how can you? I mean, look at the huge audience he would have anytime he wanted to go on Johnny Carson. He could go on pretty much. He'd walk out, and you got millions of people watching him right there, rather than like you know, hundred people in a club. And that is true. You know, There's- he just does his 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 thing. And it's, you know, everybody knows who Jonathan Winters is nationwide. Yeah, you know, there's one funny thing I remember that I heard where he went back to Dayton or to that area, Springfield, where he's from, or that area. And uh, he had already been out. I don't know if you guys heard this, but he had been out already in California. He had already done some TV, some, you know, maybe a, a movie. And, he, and his buddy said, you know, hey, uh, I haven't seen you in a while. What's been happening? <laughs> he goes, well, you know, he goes, you, st- you married that girl. He goes, yeah, from Dayton or whatever. And then he said, so what are you doing? Are you working in agriculture? Because I think it's what he was going to do. He's going to go work in agriculture if it didn't work out because he was in Columbus. <laughs> and he goes, no, I'm in TV. And the guy goes, oh, well, you know what? 
my uh, sister's got a zenith, needs some work. It's, I don't know if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. How would you not know that you're the guy made it in TV and that's I don't know, but some people don't. Small towns of Ohio. Well, man. that's it. And a lot of Jonathan Winters' favorite characters were these small town people that he saw. You know, even what is it? Maud Frickard is when he played the woman, the older Maud. Oh you know yeah, what I'm talking about. He yeah. put on the, the the wig and the long granny dress and stuff, and he had the granny glasses on and everything. And that was modeled off of, I think he said his aunt. He had an aunt who was mm-hmm. very, very heavy set. He said she he, she was a big woman and she was like bedridden, but she had a bottle of whiskey next to her bed the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> she like let sip. him drink and taught him poker, so she was kind of like a fun older aunt. Yeah, so that's what he modeled Maud after because she was kind of a dirty old lady, you know, <laughs> and liked to have a few drinks, that kind of stuff. Very funny, but you know, that character and some of the others from around Dayton, some of those agricultural kind of guys. He was always playing these guys who were at a, at a you know, conference somewhere. Or oh, my <laughs> gosh. It, it, did you ever, it, like, the one character, uh, Elwood P. Suggins. Yes, Was yes. just kind of a, <laughs> just a hillbilly southern Ohio guy. And it was always something that was, uh, you know, he's a race car. Did you ever see that? He's like a race car guy. It just really great sort of character improvisation and just funny. But you're right. I think it's all these people he knew in Ohio. When you think about it, he never did any jokes. He really didn't do jokes. He did characters. Right, right, yeah. And, you know, it was like watching a sitcom. And all these different... And, and the thing is, and he's great. And, and people are, you know, people listening right now, they should go on YouTube and check out some of these old, early 1960s, late 1950s videos of Jonathan Winters. Because he's just doing... I mean, he's got, what, Custer's Last Stand? He's doing <laughs> all on his own. And he's got The Great White Whale, you know, uh, Ahab or Moby Dick. He's doing all this stuff. And he's doing all the characters. And the sound, the, the, sound the sound effects. And the effects. sound effects. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's phenomenal. The early like, albums, they remind me a lot of, like, Shelley Berman. You know, where he set up a sketch and would kind of like do it, except it's like to the extreme because he's not just on the phone with someone. He's doing both parts and then he's doing sound effects and it's it's wild. And I guess a lot of that, you know, just like we talked about, you know, George Carlin and and, and a lot of guys that came out of radio. So you're creating, you know, a lot of, you know, like today you have buttons that go and it create sound effects and, mm-hmm. and they're, you know, drops. That was pretty of. good, Tom. You had a button Thanks there so. to hit that? I don't even oh, know I what like that was. That. Thank you. <laughs> well, you can sample that and use that in your uh, sci-fi films. All right, put it, get, <laughs> get an app. And it yeah. But, you know, back then it's like they were, he was creating that on the radio. And, you know, I, uh, you know, having done a little radio in my time, I do know that, uh, you know, sometimes you are just flying. And, 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 and one thing that occurred to me is, is when he first started in radio, they didn't have any guests. So he would make up the guests. <laughs> yeah, he and, couldn't get any guests. Yeah, and we've all <laughs> been there. Anybody who's done radio knows that, uh, you know, I mean, even to this day, I was working in radio in Cleveland in the 2000s, and you guests wouldn't show up or they would, and you're like, that's just, we're going to make it up. I'm just going to call in. <laughs> and we always did that. I think it's a good thing that continues. So it makes so much sense that his background was this radio where he had to make up these worlds in audio, like sonically. Mm-hmm. And then take that to the stage. It's pretty cool. And even continued. Uh, the one thing I want to talk about later on, and I guess it wasn't that later on in Jonathan Winters' career, because it was in the 1970s, but we mentioned this earlier. He was on Mork and Mindy with yeah, Robin Williams. Yeah. He, yeah, was, man. he was the baby. Isn't that it? Yeah, yeah. I think he was the, he was the their big kid. baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rob, they, they, Mork and Mindy got, I don't remember this really. I'm, I'm kind of thinking <laughs> back. I know they got married, and when they had the baby, it was Robin Williams. Mork is the one who got. Pregnant, correct? 
I think yeah, so. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you got, yeah. Okay, so. then he had a big egg or something, and it was hatched, and, and, and it was a fully grown man is how they do it. Then they go back. Right, they age backwards. They age backwards. Wow. And the, yeah. the fully grown baby was Jonathan Winters. <laughs> He's a, he has a 55-year-old baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, but, it's, but, you know, he got to play, right? And you know they. they mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well, from what I understand, I mean that Robin. That's his idol. Robin Williams. His idol was. That's yeah. why he got into the business in the first place. He saw Jonathan Winters on TV. His father was laughing at him, and Robin. So that's you know I want to do that. And Robin was already making up these characters in his room. He's doing the same thing Jonathan Winters was, but they put him together on that show, and I heard it was just chaos. It was just. Oh, I'm Mindy sure. just got out of the way. Everyone, producers, directors, just let those two go wild. Well, there's a lot of just interviews of the two of them together, and it lo- it's really funny at first, but I could tell like they're just getting frustrated trying to get a word in while these two are just like improving with each other nonstop. Well, there's one uh, I watched uh, uh, the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, where Robin Williams was just coming. He was a movie star by this time, and he's sitting there, and the second guest out is Jonathan Winters. And he's wearing a Civil War uniform. Have you ever seen this one? Yeah. <laughs> I think I've seen it. Yeah. The <laughs> Civil War hat. He's, he's, wearing, yeah, he's wearing a Civil War or Union blue uniform for the Civil War. He sits down and he's going off. And I, I'm watching this and I'm watching Robin Williams. Robin Williams is like the annoying kid little brother. <laughs> you know, trying, <laughs> Jonathan Winters is saying all this nonsense and Robin Williams is just bouncing off the couches and like, oh, can I play too? Can I play too? That kind of stuff. <laughs> Really looked up to him. What they did is just like, really, you need mega talent, okay, a quick mind, and just, you know, you're living on the edge. You're walking on a tight wire with no net below you. That's how I look at Robin Williams and Jonathan Winters. And, you know, to be quite honest, it didn't always work. I mean, I've seen clips. Oh, with, yeah. we, we talk about Jonathan Winters. He could do all this stuff with a stick and everything else. There's other ones where he would sit down and like Johnny Carson did this to him. And I saw an old uh, Andy Williams show. They did this. Here we got a pile of hats. Every time Jonathan puts one on, he's going to be a different character. That's a lot of pressure to put on this guy on live television. Okay. <laughs> oh man. So he he puts on a hat and he'll say something and you know. Johnny Carson's rolling on the floor laughing. I'm like, well, where's the joke? <laughs> you know, yeah. or, it just didn't. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't there. And, but then, but yeah. then he would make up for it. I never saw him like bomb. But it would be like, it'd be up and down. Either it's great or it's not. And Robin Williams, you know, would be the same way. You know, he could just be manic and crazy, and sometimes it works, and then occasionally it didn't. You know, and it's, isn't that the, it is, it continues to be the style of just improv, really. I mean, yes. like Second City continues to, you know, there's they teach you techniques, but it's still like um, you're going out there and you're, yeah, you're making it up. Try to get to an ending. Try to, you know, still build it and get to it, you know, let's yeah, try but to end you know, they were there to help each other, too. They could rescue each other. If they go out and that improv is not going somewhere, hopefully someone else will enter the scene or, you know, someone else will pick up the slack. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Winters and Robin Williams, they were on their own. I mean, that's the difference. And it seems like, you know, today, you know, would, would uh, audiences, it's kind of, you know, there isn't that sort of same style going on right now, you know, where you can just you know, freeform, you know, a 10-minute bit, which is a scene from a movie. You know, I look at, uh, you know, guys like Gaffigan or something like that. They're, you know, it's it's quicker little jokes that get to it. You know, they kind of, you know, and you're you're setting it up, but you're, it, you know, there's not long periods where you're having to pay attention to, uh, you know, sound effects and, the, you know, a, a periscope going up and, and, and people aren't marveling at that going, you know, I think it, audiences now might go, all right, what's going on here? Come on, just get to it. What is happening here? What? Yeah, that's a, <laughs> yeah, it's a short attention time. span. Yeah, that's what's happened, right? Jonathan Winters, you know, he passed away in 2013, and I'm pretty sure he was working 
up to the end almost. Mine was good. His mind was still good. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, the so voiceovers. Yeah. And I know he was collecting awards. They were giving him the awards, the Comedy Hall of Fame. I think I saw that. He was the second inductee to what they had, the Comedy Hall of Fame. So when the, the first one might have been Richard Pryor. I don't he know. He got the Mark Twain Award in 99? Yes. yes. Yeah, he was getting honored. I think uh, even at the American Comedy Awards. I've never met anyone who didn't like Jonathan Winters as far as a comedian. If his name came up, it was like, oh, my gosh, the guy's great, you know, or he's living on the edge and all this kind of stuff. So yeah, it seems like everyone fans. who's heard him really respects him, and then anyone who's actually met him, you can just see they absolutely love the guy. Robin Williams in his, um, I guess, eulogy or whatever, is he said, uh, you know, he was my inspiration, my mentor, then my friend, and he said uh, he was the Buddha of comedy. Wow. <laughs> Long live the Buddha. Wow. There's a compliment. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, uh, you know, and his work is still out there. I mean, the, the art, you know, and, and that's... It's tough know. to find some of his albums. I'll admit that. I've been looking around. It's tough oh, to find. Oh, you can't. You can't find them easily. Yeah. The, wow. the old vinyls from the, you know, early 1960, 60-61, you know, around that area. But, you know, you can find his clips and a lot of stuff on YouTube, which is just very entertaining to sit back and have a night of Jonathan Winters. And especially that scene from It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think this is again. one of the few comics I would recommend just watching the clips over the albums because seeing him perform and seeing people react to him just adds so much to it. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up, Logan. Yes, I, I want to say that too, because his facial expressions and his sound effects, and he's really into these characters. He's not, you know, goofing oh, he around. goes in deep. He's man. into it. Yeah, he's deep. Yeah, yeah he, he is that deep. character. It, and even if you watch him on the, like, the roasts, like the Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, he's roasting, and he comes on as, as a character. He yes. has, like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, his uh, Elwood Suggins or, or Buck Needlehopper, you know, these people that he did. And he's, uh, he stays in character and just, you know, I don't know much about you. And he just goes on and on <laughs> and they're just dying. You know, they're just like, this is awesome. And, you know, and this is before Andy Kaufman or people that would stay in character, or just be a character for, for a bit. There's been a few, but man, you're right. Jonathan was right inside, hung with it, totally committed, right? Yeah, he certainly mm-hmm. did. Yeah. And I'm glad we totally committed to this show because I think we're coming to the end here, guys. Oh my gosh, you're kidding me. I thought we just got started. Yeah, I know. It's your favorite comic, Jonathan Winters and Tom. We got to uh, pull it to a halt here. Oh, guys. Or bring it to chatting. a halt. I guess that's mm-hmm. what I should have said. <laughs> but yeah, hey, I had a blast talking with you guys as always. Same here. Yeah, it was a good time. We're going we're gonna to check out here, so I'm going to say goodbye to Logan Rashaw. Logan? All right. Thank you guys for having me. Long live the Buddha. <laughs> yeah, very nice. Good way to end it. And Tom McGallis. Yeah. Speaking of Buddha, man, I got to get on walk. I'm just getting, <laughs> getting porky. I got to take your, your lead there, Dave. Okay, great. Well, on that note, I'm going to say I'm Dave Schwenson, and I'm going to walk out of here. So thank you for listening to What's So Funny. We'll be back. And until that time, keep laughing. What's So Funny is a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Special thanks to executive producers Joan Andrews and Michael DeLoya, producer Sarah Wilgroup, and audio engineer Eric Coltnow. Hi. 
Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. right? And yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chapotis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good poor. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.